the human brain is a marvel with more capabilities than we can truly imagine. Denise, did you know your brain storage capacity is virtually unlimited? My cell phone, the thing that I hold in my hand every single day has 256 gigabytes of memory capacity. Personally, gigabytes mean nothing to me, but I guess it's a lot of storage <laughs> due to the fact that like I can keep all my pictures on it. And I remember years ago when we the, like the phones first came out like, after putting just, I don't know, a few hundred pictures, I ran out of memory. So comparing my iPhone to the average adult human brain, our brains have the ability to store the equivalent of 2.5 million gigabytes of digital memory. Now, if you are a mathematician and can tell me how many cell phones that is, I would love to know. That's an amazing amount of brain power. Yes, it is. It's inspiring and also pretty daunting, right? And um, with all right. that power, how can we as individuals in midlife harness our brain's efficiencies and, and all the potential it has, right? And not have the fear that we are going to age and not be quote unquote as sharp as we were in our teens, 20s and 30s. Really, isn't that what midlife is all about? Staying sharp. <laughs> yeah. Research suggests that our mental peak is about a decade long from age 35 to 45. So uh -oh. <laughs> with the slow decline takes hold, but it doesn't always have to be that way. The good news is there are proactive ways to flex your brain in midlife and in all ages of all areas of life as we're learning, you know, as we prepared for today. Um, in today's episode, we're calling it staying sharp in midlife that we want to help you put that fear aside or at least put a pin in it for a minute and we'll share some things that we found that help us, but then also what experts are saying about ways that you can stay sharp and also learn about how we can be a part of that. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Midlife at the Mailbox. Over six years ago, during a chance meeting at our neighborhood mailbox, two strangers met and a new friendship blossomed into something bigger. Although we no longer share a mailbox, we're closer than ever in real life. This chance meeting in our neighborhood mailbox inspired a friendship, a business relationship, and now a podcast. So come along. Let's listen in. All right. So, Denise, some cool moments happened in the past two weeks. Can you guess the two highlights I'm thinking about? Well, you had me in the intro about cell phones. I recently lost my cell phone uh, and had to upgrade my memory. So maybe my that that did trigger a, a thought of that. But um, I don't think that's what you're talking about, Amy. What are you talking about? I am not talking about that. But although that is really funny and glad you have more uh, phone power now than you did a, a week ago. We're super excited that we have now hit the milestone of our 10th episode. Actually, today, this episode is episode 11. But with the drop of our episode two weeks ago, we hit number 10. That was something that Denise and I never, never, never thought was in the cards for us. We, I, I, I don't know. We, when we set off to do our podcast, like we were just like, hey, let's talk about things for an hour and see if anybody listens in. We have officially hit number. Yeah. We had, we had 10 and now we're on to 11 and we have one more left from this season, uh, which will be in two weeks. The second big piece is that we have officially broken 500 downloads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been, yeah, it's been awesome. And really it's thrilling and it's, it's humbling and, and all, everything all together all at once. That's what inspired part of today's episode, actually, and talking about staying sharp in ways that learning new things and flexing our brain in different ways, because uh, that's where Midlife at the Mailbox really started out. And, and once we did it, we didn't even realize what what that feeling and what doing this podcast would actually relate to us, not just about talking about like our businesses or things that come up to us, but just the feeling we get. So, uh, you know, in addition to our moms listening, obviously there's someone else listening out there too. So we are so, so happy um, with that 500 download landmark. And also shout out to Madeline and Linda for being the best moms and showing your support of our podcast on your walks or whatever you guys are doing. So and listening to us every single week and a shout out to our listeners. If really, if it wasn't for you guys, we would not be planning for a season two. 
So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for joining our community and stepping into our conversation. As Denise said, we're so happy to be doing this every other week. And it really is something that drives us. So you guys listening definitely continue to drive us to be better. Um, You'll have to let us know how Denise sounds. She picked up uh, her official microphone. (laughs) I'm graduated, graduated, guys. Let me know how I'm sounding. (laughs) (laughs) She's graduated. We have heard. Perfect. Um, So with that, we want to jump into our midlife moments. Uh, Well, you want me to start, Amy? I'll start today. You start. Okay. Uh, Coming off a busy week uh, for my daughter, actually, uh, it's been... Uh, a lot of activities. So she had, uh, she did this like once a year cheer clinic. It's like a fundraiser for St. Jude with our local high school's cheerleading squad. And also she did uh, participate in her first cotillion class um, at the nearby club that a friend of ours belongs to. And, and we were there as guests. And so these are all things that are exciting for her, but also it's, it's surreal. And reason I'm talking about it today is these are things that I did. I was a high school cheerleader for three years. And I also, you know, participated in cotillion classes in the seventh grade. And so, you know, she's about to turn 11 and she's growing up super fast. And I know like every parent says that, but you know, when I saw her going through these things that I loved doing, especially the cheerleading, I mean, cheerleading, I was, that was something we'll super to, fun. We'll have to pull out a cheerleading picture for our, uh, ah, <laughs> for our post. Madeline, I'm coming for you with those. You got to take pictures with your phone. <laughs> but um, yes, and it was just, you know, really surreal watching her last night cheer in the high school cheerleading. And I was getting excited. I was like saying the cheers, of course, and, you know, in my mind and my friend next to me, she's laughing at me. She's like, Denise, you're not down there. I'm like, I know, but it's still fun. And, you know, and it's fun to watch her having fun. And that is, I think, truly a midlife thing, because probably in my 20s, well, maybe if I was a mom, but whatever. I mean, getting to to the middle of your life and you think, wow, like these are things I did 25 you know, plus years ago, 20, 30 years ago at some point. And to think that she's doing them and liking them too. It was just, yeah, it was just a happy moment. So that's my midlife moment. That's really exciting. I have a, a cousin of ours. Her daughter is very involved in cheer and they travel and they do all these competitions. I never got into that like dance mom shows, but it, like when I see her pictures, everybody in the family is like wearing the cheer, you know, like the team and the b- big bows and stuff. So is that Ella like wearing these big bows? Are you at the cheer mom stage with the t-shirt and like all the glitz and glamour? <laughs> yeah, a, lot of the, a lot of the girls do that. I will say like our local high schools lost all so cute. Yeah, shout out to Los Alamitos High School here in uh, Rossmore, California. Uh, they're big. We're a big part of a big, big public high school. And yes, they're like award winning national champions in the cheer uh, arena. That definitely wasn't my high school. Go Knights, go and Bullard. But we were good, but not like that. This is next level, like, you know, on television type thing. Uh, so, yes, people do get competitive. But this was, you know, it's kind of easy breezy uh, with the cheer clinic. But I, I could kind of foreshadow and see what's to come. My neighbor's uh, daughter is a cheerleader. So we get kind of the inside scoop over there. But I love it. Have you watched Bring It On with her? Not yet. No, no. <laughs> I did Those watch are like that, my favorite movie. I I did watch that cheer uh, that cheer docuseries on on Netflix it, like it, early in the pandemic because I was bored and I watched it. It was actually pretty good and and but just so intense, right? Like that's not how my high school cheerleading experience was. We didn't compete or anything like that, but uh you know, but what now that's what is required usually of these teams and so yeah, it's 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 nuts, but whatever she wants to do, it's just been fun to watch her do that. At least, um, you know, so. I love it. I love it. It's so exciting. The, yeah. Finding the things that bring the kids joy is, is part of midlife. It's part of midlife. So um, if any of you follow me personally on Instagram, you'll know that this week um, I have been followed along uh, through my Instagram journey from this company um, that is promoting a t-shirt that says, mom, mama, ma, and the word bruh. And so, as you know, I have a 10-year-old boy and probably for the past like year or so, all he says is bruh. And so 
<laughs> Clearly, Instagram was uh, was listening to these encounters between the two of us. And I finally bit the bullet and bought this cute tee. Uh, so I'm excited for that to come and like wear it with my little shacket, you know, this fall to the ice rink. But <laughs> the midlife piece to that is like hearing bra is probably like the slang words that we used as kids. So I'm not saying adding how we add like to every single thing that we say, but that certainly I feel like was started at that point, but words like, um, duh, like after, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, uh, and, um, it just like really like brought me back. So I actually had to call my mom prior to this episode and say like, what were the things that like I used to say that like made you crazy? And she's like, I don't really remember. And so I like Googled. I'm like, what about this one? What about this one? Do you remember like Bart Simpson, like eat your shorts? I never said that, but it was just like kind of um, rad. Know, it was yeah, so rad. rad. So everything was so cool. Um, <laughs> totally. Had, totally. Totally. There you go. Totally. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, hearing him say bra to me is, like, equivalent <laughs> to the, the you know, um, to the does and the totallys and the cool. We and need like, audio of that. We need audio of how he uses it. Um, because I have to. Yeah, we need audio of that. You know? I mean, yesterday I was dropping him off at, or I was dropping his friend off, and uh, <laughs> and they're literally tossing a tennis ball, and like the ball like goes a little bit further than like where the kid is standing, and he's like, "Bro, like, come on, I'm right here." You know, it's like they use it any. <laughs> they use it in any capacity, but so they're using it with each other and then he'll come back, but he'll say something to like Mike or I, and he's like, bro, like where, you know, like he's annoyed by something that we're doing. And I'm like, but the way that he's saying it is so it's spelled B-R-U-H, right? Bro. But the way that sometimes he says it, if he's saying it fast, comes out like bra, like, like, come on, bra. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I wear a bra and I do say this to him. So this is like truly the, like, I'm such a mom. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I wear a bra, but I am not a bra. So anyways, I thought. I think you shouldn't be really allowed fun. to call your mom bra. No, I don't think so either. So we're working on that. I'm like, no, no, dude. Caleb, no, 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 dude. You need cotillion. Maybe you need cotillion, Caleb. <laughs> it's too much hanging out with the, uh, the hockey bros, the hockey bras. <laughs> Oh Anyways, all right. So that that's my midlife and uh you know amongst <laughs> everything else that we deal with, but I just think that I've been thinking about that one for a while and then the shirt finally finally brought it all. It says circle. it all. It, it, it speaks to you. <laughs> it I like sums it. up my life. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah. Uh, that's, that's a cute story. Cool. Well, you know, jumping into, you know, staying sharp and, and, you know, kind of what we think about this, you know, talking about people in our lives that have been, yeah, mentally astute or mentally sharp. Um, Amy, is there someone in your life, you know, whether it's childhood, adulthood, you've come across that, you know, it's just a sharp individual, a sharp human and continue to be as they age? Okay. So in honor of this is not sad, guys, but in honor of my what would have been my grandmother's 102nd birthday oh um, on September 21st. So I think that this is coming out on the 22nd, I believe would be next week on the we're recording a week before. But mm-hmm. um, anyways, uh, what would have been her 102nd birthday? I will oh, say that my grandma, she was somebody that was still up until she passed away this past spring was super, super sharp. Like her brain, she was always still going and would read. And when she was like truly active, I mean, I have, I have video of her like in her early nineties, like when Caleb was little, like four or five years old, standing on the driveway, like playing soccer. So she was somebody, she read a Mm. ton. She was always reading. Um, She was always going to library and getting new books. She would, you know, find all the free things. I think I Mm might've mentioned that in the past, but she always would find like the free things in life that she could go and do. Um, 
because she didn't want to spend any money. She had money, but she didn't want to spend any of her money. Um, but yeah, so she would go to the library. She would watch um, all the movies. She read a ton. She played Mahjong. Mm. Uh, when she was really moving and grooving, she would like usher. So she found things in her life to keep herself really, really active. Um, she was, I mean, my sister's been, got married when Caleb was five. She was dancing at my sister's wedding, you know, like mm. the, literally the life of the party. So wow. we've got great pictures of that. And, you know, even my sister's friends were always like, so in awe of the fact like that she was just like out there the whole night. Like she didn't probably sit down. Um, but yeah, so I would say my grandmother was, was that she was very mentally sharp. She was very smart and um, continued to be like into her you know, up until when she passed away. So what about you? Wow, that's inspiring. I love that generation. Um, I have a lot of like fond memories of people in that generation. Like my grandmother too. She lived to be ni- not as old as yours, but 91, 92. She survived genocide. She, I, she was amazing, widowed at a young age and, you know, but actually, and she's inspiring. And there's some other people in that generation that I do love. Like my friend's grandmother, she used to wear like, she wore like, you know, leather, black leather pants to go out in LA with us in the like, when she was in her mid to late 70s, or maybe even early 80s. I don't know, Jill, have to remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But today, but the person that kind of inspires me in general is actually my dad. Uh, my mom, Madeline gets a lot of play on the podcast, but my dad, my dad, <laughs> Skip, uh, he inspires me a lot. He's, he's still alive. He's 77 years old, but, um, he, he loves to learn new things. I will say that even technology, some, a lot of people his age might shy away from those things. He's not afraid to buy a new iPhone or try a new device or a laptop. He loves electronics. He did buy a Tesla. Um, and he likes, which I was shocked about. And he loves learning the technology. He watched YouTube videos. Uh, he's, he's just into that stuff. He's not afraid of it in general, which is cool. That's great. Um, yeah. So I love watching him do that. And, and he's just, yeah, he's, he's a busybody, kind of like me. Well, I get that from him. And, you know, he can't sit still <laughs> too long. Right. And he likes to do things, not necessarily exercise, but he likes to do like things around the house. He's handy and, you know, he'll go meet a friend for lunch. So he keeps his social connections, um, you know, all those kind of things. And so, and he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's pretty sharp for, I'd say for 77. So um, he's my, you know, my living inspiration, should I say, but my grandmother and people of like your grandmother's generation in general, just amaze me uh, what they survived and what they went through and the things they lived through. But yeah. I mean, they, she kept a, she kept a kosher home for her whole life and ate, you know, I wouldn't say that she she loved cookies and like baked goods as don't we all, but you know, (laughs) from a, from a a standpoint of like the food that she was eating, I would say her and my grandfather ate fairly more vegetarian and fish. So Mm -hmm. a little pescatarian. So yeah, more plant-based and, um, but it's funny because we, as, as we started to do the research for this episode and we're going to talk about, um, you know, the ways that. Denise and I stay sharp, but some of those things were um, pieces that totally like fit the mold of like what, you know, we're, what we're going to talk about, right. And in terms of like being healthy and the food that you eat and, and the activities that you do and the, and the company that you keep. And um, so, yeah. Um, Yeah, So what's, what's our plan? (laughs) Yeah. These are the, we're going to give you the keys to the castle, right? These are ways (laughs) that we, (laughs) this, Guys, you're going to say you're going to stay alive till 101 if you do <laughs> well, these six things. <laughs> will be sharp till 101. We can't guarantee the body, but we're working on the mind, right? Um, and isn't that interesting dichotomy, right? Sometimes, you know, you'll meet an elderly person and or whatever, just someone who's, you know, maybe towards uh, towards the end of their life and, you know, maybe their mind's sharp, but their body isn't or vice versa. The body is perfect and, and the mind has, has gone. So, um, you know, we're just sharing some things that we're learning about and, and as we're, you know, really crescendoing into midlife, uh, things that we're trying to do in our daily life. So, I mean, according to that statistic, right? 35 to 45 after that uh, is downhill. Holy gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I'm closer to that than you are. So. But, um, okay. So anyway, that, so here we go. <laughs> six things that we've read about. So who is the doctor that you love, Denise, in this in this episode? Who is your who is your in- inspiration? Denise loves I, her doctor. I love 
I love to follow. Uh, well, longevity and the anti-aging process is really trendy right now in medicine, functional medicine and, and what health and wellness you probably see in your Instagram feed, or maybe I see it because I follow these doctors, but Dr. Mark Hyman, uh, he's really famous on oh, many levels, but you know, he talks about functional medicine, food is medicine, longevity. And he has a podcast called The Doctor's Pharmacy, pharmacy, like F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. We'll have all this on the website. But a lot of the things that he's talking about are, you know, reversing aging or or slowing aging or being able to improve the mental cognitive ability and doing some lifestyle things. These are not, nothing here is medical advice, of course, and we're not you know, we're not prescribing that at all, but you know, just things we that he's found in his medical expert, experts. <laughs> yeah. But things that he's found, Disclaimer. things you can implement that, you know, are low cost if, if nothing else. And so, uh, the first thing of course, and you know, we don't, we're not the first person. We're not the last. that's going to tell you that stress management and, you know, being resilient, stress resilience is, is super important in building and re- maintaining brain power and trying to avoid early cognitive recline, decline, right? Um, you hear it all the time, but, you know, really just finding ways to reduce that stress and manage it. Um, you know, I've noticed it in midlife a little bit more than, than other times, right? It's getting to me, quote unquote, uh, more than other times. So ways that you might be able to do that, of course, are, you know, meditative breathing, yoga, uh, you know, just finding ways to be mindful in the moment. But you know, specifically meditation is what, you know, we want to talk about a little bit today. Um, there's a variety of techniques that people, some people employ to do it, whether it's mindful breathing, transcendental Buddhist or Zen practices. There's, there's so, so many out there, but really the, the, the benefit to that is just taking a minute, being aware of your surroundings and just taking a time out to like center yourself. Um, and, they might- su- and I was going to say, they suggest to do this like first thing in the morning mm-hmm. is to take a couple of minutes. And I know from uh, from previous episodes and then just obviously our offline conversations that this is something that you do in addition to some of your journaling. So you do try to meditate. And so when you bring this into your life, it's something I would like, I- I've been told by numerous people and it's just something I just have not gravitated to yet. But what would you say you feel like on on weeks that you're like moving and grooving and things are busy, like, do you find that you're able to get the meditation in? I know we've talked about our non-negotiables in the morning. Is that something Mm. that you try to do daily? If you forget to do it or you don't do it or you don't have time, do you feel like, do you feel more stress and anxiety like later in the day? Do you feel like your brain, like talk to us about how you feel Sure. I started meditating about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Um, but most, most frequently about like, I'd say like a year ago, uh, you know, just, I was, you know, just due to the pandemic and whatnot, I was experiencing a lot of anxiety. Um, it just hit all the right buttons. And I've talked about this in previous episodes, but it was just, you know, the perfect, uh, the perfect storm of like me always not ever liking to be sick or having my kids to be sick and then to have a global pandemic and then to take out the social aspect, which is how I found my energy was really uh, anxiety producing for me. So how I meditate in the most effective way now that I meditate is waking up earlier this, this school year, it's been a month now I've been waking up earlier just you know, that I normally did. And I would, and I do try to go because they say it is the most effective. The minute you wake up, don't look at your phone, don't do anything, go straight to, you know, meditate. And I use, a, I use a, a fo- an app on my phone to do it. Um, I do a guided meditation. So if someone is leading me, I use the Calm app, but there's many apps out there that have meditations and on YouTube too, you can actually like just listen to free ones um, or even just, you know, simple you know, four counts in, eight counts out breathing, even just doing that for 10 minutes. I find that I just, it's some time for me, quote unquote, and I able to think about things before the day gets nuts. But I do like calm because they do have guided meditations. I like that. Um, I find that I think about that during the, during the day sometimes. And I think, oh, like this morning's meditation was about, um, you know, being in the moment and being able to really not worry about thinking about that that and trying to not produce that anxiety in the future or the past. And that's a very common theme in meditation. But I find that when I listen to that in the morning, it just, I, I find it, it reminds me throughout the day, sometimes, not all the time, but um, 
So I like that. I like that about it. When I don't, and I, I do that on most, most days I try to, uh, when I don't like, it was actually yesterday. I forgot to do it. I didn't have a chance or I woke up late for the, for school. And I noticed I was, I had a little anxiety for the first time. And I'd say like a month and a half or two months, I felt a little bit of that chest tightening. And there was a lot of activities yesterday for my daughter. just a lot going on. And I thought, oh, wow, I wonder if it is related to the meditation or I just have too much going on. So, Right. That's very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Well, and I'm glad that you shared that and have seen like a a difference because I'd say, you know, for me, the, the, the centering, like, is, is just trying to, you know, for me, it is just kind of like, like calm myself. And I have not figured out a, a way to do that. I had a, a fairly stressful day um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it really, it, it really just took a toll on my whole day and my whole mental state. But I then I, you know, did I practice what we're going to preach a little bit, I went mm-hmm. out, I became engaged with, you know, people, and, you know, just found like a little laughter and a little excitement to the rest of my day. And it, it definitely turned around for a period of time, right? It took my mind off things, but I still went to bed kind of feeling heavy and like weighted. And so, um, you know, I. Yeah. And some people like to meditate to be before able bed. To, yeah. yeah. Some people like to meditate before bed um, because it feels like they can like maybe expunge some of those anxious thoughts or like work through them before you actually do, you know, go to bed, lay your, put, lay your head on the pillow to go to sleep. Right. Cause right. that's, you know, a lot of times what will happen is I'll wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and like mine's racing about like 10 things like, Oh, what am I going to do about this? Or, you know, I should make business cards because next week I'm going to a fundraiser or whatever, <laughs> you, know, it, right. you know, stuff like that. So some people like to meditate before bed uh, or both. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it, there are some people that do a lot of meditation, you know, now from what I've learned in that scenario you talked about yesterday, I mean, perhaps I would have, if I was feeling that level of anxiety for myself, I would have probably try to take like 10 minutes and do calm has a bunch of different, not just morning daily meditations, but they have ones to help you do all sorts of different things. I probably would have gone to my bedroom, tried to like take five or 10 minutes and do some deep breathing. Um, and I, it helps me now. And I mean, it's so weird because I think that's the last thing I need to do right now. I got to do 20 other things, but I'm like, Nope, I've learned now that if I can do that, it kind of like grounds me a bit. And I, 10 minutes is not going to more than likely be beneficial Solve the problem, right? Beneficial or detrimental to my day, right? But it may help, you know, prevent future issues or blow ups or overreactions on my part. So I try to do that. Um, right. And there's well, some research to it, right? Um, you know, there's in Dr. Hyman's podcast, he mentions, um, an important study at a UCLA, my alma mater, Go Bruins, uh, in 2015 that looked at long-term meditators, right? Um, and I wouldn't even call myself a long-term meditator yet, but these are people that have meditated over 20 years, I believe, and comparing them to those who didn't meditate at all. And they found that long-term meditators um, have greater, far greater volume of neurons present in their brains than ones who didn't. And this was after 20 years of meditating. So I guess I've got 18 more years, but maybe my brain will be the same as today. And I guess that would be a bonus, right? (laughs) That would be really good. That would be really good. No, and I was going to add, you know, for me, I find like I got outside. Mm -hmm. I actually had a massage scheduled um, during the day. So that uh, (laughs) self-carrying me always. I I really I I believe me that I practice and I preach because that was one of the things that I realized, you know, that I lost out on. Right. The. Um, connection with people during the pandemic was a big, a big um, anxiety producer for me. But then obviously the things that I do just to take care of myself on a daily basis, like to bring me, you know, to knock me down a level. Uh, So yeah, so I had a massage and then um, I spoke with my business consultant that I'm working with and my business coach and talked some things out with her and walked while I did that. So all of those things like definitely helped me to kind of go through and process and um, you know, feel a little bit better. And so yeah. the rest of the day definitely picked up. But I think that kind of segues into our number two um, piece, and that's laughing and laughing often, finding the humor in your life, whether it be with a show that you enjoy, a book that you think is funny, um, mm-hmm. a comedian that you love. There's so many funny comedians on Netflix right now. Um, 
friends that make you pee a little when you laugh, um, you know, because <laughs> we're in midlife. Um, <laughs> that happens. I also sneeze. So just FYI or TMI, whatever. Um, but anyways, those friends that make you laugh until your stomach hurts and, you know, and, and, just finding joy social connection. Yeah. yeah. Those social, social connections. connections. Yeah. So, so and finding those humor. Yeah. Finding humor. And I mean, I think that was really, you know, that was present in your, your grandmother's story, right. That you just mentioned. It's definitely present in my dad's story. My dad's a social creature. Uh, so he's likes to be with his friends, whether it's calling him on the phone, going to meet for lunch or breakfast or coffee or whatever they do. Um, so you know, I will say that, yeah, finding those social connections. It's, I mean, there's a lot, Dr. Hyman goes into this a lot. And also, you know, we're going to talk about another researcher, Dan Buettner with the blue zones. And if you've heard of this concept about blue zones, uh, we'll go into it a bit more, but that is super, super key to people who live over a hundred actually is those social connections. Um, mm, so. Interesting. There's a group of gentlemen that meet outside our local Starbucks every mm. single day. It's like rain or shine. They are either inside or outside sitting. And it's like oh, the same couple of guys every day. I mean, they have been doing this for, I've lived in my house for 10 years. And so, uh, you know, been going to the Starbucks for 10 years and they are there every single day. I want to say almost seven days a week. That's so, so great. Wow. One day I need to, yeah. And one day I need to like stop and like, I want to, I want to chat with them and just be like, you know, what's, oh, what's your story? You should interview. Yes. Yeah. So what's your, what's your key? So, yeah. So I think, um, you know, finding those connections and then, you know, that mo- moves us into top number three, right? Our, our mm-hmm. point number three is yep. find activities that keep you mentally sharp. So like those gentlemen, I just referenced that that activity is like that social connection, right? Mm-hmm. For them. And maybe they're doing other things like you talked about with your dad, you know, mm-hmm. learning the new technologies. Um, what would you say are different activities for you that keep you mentally sharp? And then we're going to talk about something together that keeps us mentally sharp. Yeah. uh, There's things that I've been, especially actually in the pandemic. I mean, you know, can't always, you know, can't always bash it uh, for the bad things it brought, but some of the positive things in my life were that I picked up gardening. We've talked about that. And I mean, I'm no avid gardener. I'm not in a gardening club by any means, but just going outside, being with plants, being with nature. So that's positive for overall stress resilience as well. So I like that. And I learned that I'm actually signed up next week to play pickleball for the first time. I'm try out the fastest growing sport in the United States. And I think it's probably, <laughs> you know, most, most uh, popular in midlife and, and beyond midlife. So I'm going to see what pickleball is all about, but learning a new sport, right? Last year, I reen, um, you know, restart, restarted my tennis game, right? That was, it just felt good. Like it was just got my body and brain moving in different ways. Um, so pickleball, I don't read as much as I should, but I do like reading when I do it, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> reading is hard, but I do. I like, like you, I like to read as well. Um, and I'm always very engaged when I find a good book that I like to read, but sometimes I find mm-hmm. that my brain by the end of the day is so tired that, I can't like sit and like concentrate. But one of the things that I find that keeps me mentally sharp um, in terms of the reading is uh, I read I and Caleb and I have been really trying to be much better at this is that we do read. I have read with him pretty much every single night since he was a baby. Um, And it's like our time together, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And during the pandemic, because bedtimes kind of were like askew and they weren't really like, you know, set and like, you know, coming out of it and with his sports and stuff like that. um, It's hard sometimes because it does push bedtime later, but on the nights that we can do it, we, um, we really enjoy reading and I'm reading out loud to him and he's taking it in and, um, you know, so that's an activity. So I am reading, (laughs) not necessarily (laughs) this book actually that we're working on right now is really cute. Um, but it's not necessarily like mentally, mentally stimulating for me, but this is actually a really cute story that we're both really enjoying, but that's, that's a nice bonding. I'm sure he'll always remember that until for sure, for sure. But and you're you're carrying on your grandmother's uh, legacy, right? Of being a reading, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but our 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 big activity that we wanted to touch on within this point was, and this is where our podcast kicks in, is that learning a new skill is a great great way to strengthen the connections of the neurons of the brain. So with this podcast, like so. 
Denise and I set out to do this podcast because we were like, hey, we think that, you know, we have some funny things to say. And we think that the things that we talk about, you know, offline would be interesting to other people, right? We think that things that we talk about would be relevant to other women and men in midlife uh, because we find it that are things that are coming up in our everyday life, right? So we wanted to bring that to the surface. And that was really the beginning part of the conversation when Denise came to me and she was like, hey, I think we should start a podcast. And I was like, yes, let's do that. And then months and months of like, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? And then finally, we were like, we're just going to, I convinced her, I said, we're just going to jump in with both feet and we're going to learn and grow as we go. And so here we are. We're always learning and growing with our podcast. And um, from the research that we have to do to prepare for an episode, from just learning about podcasting, right? So Mm -hmm. I joke that Denise got her microphone, but this was something that, you know, we learned that like, hey, from a sound perspective, when people are listening to you, the sound does come better from a, you know, from a microphone versus even like the AirPods or the speaker, you know, the um, headphones that you're wearing. Um, And when you watch like your if you ever see video clips of like your favorite podcasters, they're also utilizing a microphone. So we learned that. Right. And and the reasons why that was important. And then just on how to what have I learned? So I do the I manage like the editing of the podcast. And so I've learned how to use a sound editor. And like the other day, I was so excited when I figured out like, you know, I added music at some point, like kind of midway through. And then one of the days I learned how to fade the music. I mean, these are like literally simple things that I joked when I when I I came home, it was probably I don't know, maybe three or four episodes ago. And Caleb gets <laughs> off the bus. And I was like, Caleb, oh my God, you are never going to guess what I figured out how to do on my podcast. Aww. I'm like, I learned how to fade music in and out. <laughs> so he obviously laughed. And then I was like, but the best thing is, is like, do you know where I learned how to do it? And where did, where do you think he said? <laughs> He was like, YouTube. And I'm like, yes, YouTube. And so then he tries to prove his point that like YouTube is not all that bad. And I'm like, okay, YouTube is not all that bad. I don't disagree with you when I say that. But (laughs) in the sense of you sitting and just watching 500 people like record how they play their video games, that is too much. But anyways, but he was very excited about, you know, Uh my learning how to fade music. And Denise is learning because I am trying to hand off the social media responsibility um, of the podcast to her. So that is a, a brain strengthening, right? You're learning how to build graphics like through we use Canva a lot. We've talked about that in the past. Yes. She's learning how to, you know, utilize that platform and, you know, how to better manage our website. And um, the other what's the other one that we tried to do? We haven't well, put them up yet because they're not working, but these wave files so that we can have like a little clip of our voice, like to promote an episode and <laughs> talk about that like right. this for some reason. <laughs> I know. And yeah, and I mean, in terms of like, yeah, learning something new or just doing something that you've always wanted to do, right? Is is that it, it, yeah, builds neurons as the scientists tell us, but, but also, and those, you know, those neurons or that feeling creates, at least for me, endorphins, right? I mean, I remember we, we wrapped our first, maybe our first or second episode, but definitely after the fifth episode, like date your mate, we ended it. And I remember thinking, gosh, this is fun. It feels good. Right. And it just like, you know, doing something, accomplishing something that we'd set out to do. And, and I don't even know if I've told you this, Amy, but I'll throw out this little surprise. Like my first year, like in my early twenties, like my first year on the job, there was this one, a colleague of work colleague of mine. Uh, we were good friends. Uh, hi, Chris Lethius. And, uh, this was in <laughs> 2000. The year two, th- yeah, a lot of shout outs today. Uh, the year 2000, <laughs> the year 2000 and, her and I worked together at a large PR agency in, in Century City. And we used to joke around that, like, I was going to have a show one day, quote unquote, a show. This was long before podcasts are even a thing. Uh, you know, DKLA has something to say. And that's, you know, to put it together, Denise Cachadorian. Cachadorian was my maiden name. So those are my initials. DKLA, since I lived in LA, has something to say. Because I always had something that's to say. That's so great. I, I always had something to say. And she's like, you need your own show. And we would just laugh because we, I don't know what we were doing. But we we're supposed to be working. But, you know. 
<laughs> anyway, I don't have DKLA has something to say, but I have midlife at the mailbox. And oh my gosh, we should have had D Dr. AA has something to say. Yeah, DRLA. Has something <laughs> DRLA. To say. That should have been our name. Next one. Well, you know, it's always time for a brand re- refresh. But no, I'm kidding. But but yeah, so I find that th- that's been a little bit of a like a fun thing. So that was something in my early 20s. But anyway. That's a great, that's a I love that story. That's fan. That's fantastic. DKLA has something to say. You know what? That should be your like Instagram handle. <laughs> so yeah I mean so those are some of the like learning the new skill like you know sounds like a lot of the people that we know that that have vitality and in in you know and stay sharp that we admire have those qualities so you know I think just learning something new just just makes your brain work in different ways so um so but another thing of course is you know your diet of course and food just like stress resilience i you know sometimes i roll my eyes when i read these but i mean it is true <laughs> right uh you know dr mark hyman is a big advocate of you know food is medicine and so you know what we put in our body matters and you know the quality of that food and and i won't say that i've you know that i've become whole food only but i have tried to you know eliminate a lot of like processed snacks i'm a big snack uh that girl, but I the last like 10 months I've tried to reduce that. I've noticed a difference. And you know, maybe instead of like a handful of chips, I grab a piece of fruit instead, where like two years ago I would have just grabbed that, you know, handful of chips because I love chips. I'll I'll but, grab a handful of chips that um meet my more stringent, like clean, right? So they're not fully processed. It's yeah. like but I'll do, like just plantain eat, yeah. chips versus yeah, but diet makes a difference, right? <laughs> yes. Diet makes a difference. Um, you know, it, we've also talked about drinking more water. Um, you know, Amy has some things that she was doing too on her lifestyle side and her food and diet that maybe yeah. she'd want to share. But um, yeah, what have you been doing, Amy? On that, in so that I mean, during during um during the pandemic, I had a really bad bout of I had way too much to drink one night. And that really led me into I'm going to kind of give up drinking, like giving up alcohol. Um, And I would distinctly remember, obviously, the night that like, it just I just got super sick. I don't know why. Um, I was also starting Mike and I were starting to do like whole 30. So I was also like detoxing. So that could have been part of it. It was like, I just didn't have enough food in my body um, to soak up the alcohol. But whatever it was, uh, I am currently back on a sober September challenge. Um, anybody, I'm curious if anybody else is out there that are um, challenging themselves to do this. Uh, one of my girlfriends and I, uh, we were like, we're going to, I was like, I'm going to do a dry September. Mike's obviously tackling this too. Uh, and then she called it sober September. And I was like, oh, that actually like sounds so much better. Um, but anyways, sober September challenge going really, really well. Um, and really actually most of 2021, I was sober too. Um, so prior to that, it was probably just when I was pregnant with Caleb. And the funny thing is, is I really, truly during that time, didn't miss drinking socially. It was a little bit harder. Uh, we're members at a club. And so that becomes really the, like the, the, you know, that's what people are doing when they go. So that becomes hard just doing like a club soda with like, I I'm always like club soda with all the bar fruit and like put it in a little cup. So it looks like I, you know, have like vodka water or whatever. Um, but this summer I really just like went back to like, it's fun. I'm going to drink some soda. I'm going to, I'm going to drink tequila. And I noticed a big difference. Like all of the stuff that I was doing, I was more tired. I was certainly more anxious. Um, and so that one of the things like, and it like, it, it gets, you know, I don't want to wake up all foggy and, and cloudy. So cutting that out has definitely been um, like a noticeable change. Plus you're going to lose weight because you're not drinking like all the extra sugar <laughs> and, you know, I'll or keep the weight out. off, you know, anyways, but yeah. So, um, all right well i'm not i'm not with you there but you know maybe one day no i'm not with you on the meditation yet so you know maybe one no it's fun i mean no alcohol can has a no i was gonna say like the alcohol does have a huge impact on on how somebody's memory works it does no it does and the older i get too the older i get the alcohol seems to affect more and i have to sometimes if i know i'm gonna be having a couple drinks the next day i got a plan for let's not overcommit ourselves (laughs) too much but it's probably 
probably some people would say maybe it's probably not worth that but you know I, I still like to, I mean I'm not having more than two or three drinks unless it's like you know crazy but yeah but that's but oh. even that like they're saying that like women should really stick to like not just if you want to drink like you don't have to like totally eliminate it but it women one drink mm-hmm. a day and men to ch- men of course because you know why their bmi is bigger than ours i don't know mm-hmm. they can have two um you know but also like those men can stop eating a cookie and like drop 10 pounds so anyways going into um our last a couple of points is like the strength training. So in addition to like eating and and the food that fuels your body um, is making sure that you get that movement in. And we've talked about that, like in terms of our non-negotiables, strength train your muscles and cardio is also great for your brain. So the, my, our, our, I'm throwing it back, right? Midlife moment here. Uh, Great movie, Legally Blonde. Do you remember this? quote, exercise gives you endorphins. Endorphins make you happy and happy people just don't kill their husbands. (laughs) They just don't. Um, So throwing in that 45 minutes of exercise, three days a week or so definitely increase the volume of um, connections that the brain was making, which is another very interesting statistic. Yeah. And I mean, even taking it slow, like sometimes I, I don't work out anymore an hour. Uh, sometimes I, I don't even work out 45 minutes a day anymore, but I do almost five to six days a week, try to get 30 sure. minutes in. And for me, and 30 minutes great. is much more manageable, even if it's getting a walk or whatever, just that, yeah, moving my body seems to like make my mind, you know, that mind body connection, the mind gut connection. I mean, you know, it's just, it's all connected, right? I mean, the, the fact that we used to think that your mental health doesn't affect the rest of your body and vice versa, like you're cut off, like your head's cut off, you know, your, your, your health is cut off at your neck. It's just like blasphemous, right? At this point. So, um, so yeah, absolutely moving your body. And I think, you know, it sounds like your grandmother did that by always keeping yep. busy moving. Or my grandfather I, would walk a lot, even if they were walking really slow. They, yeah, they yeah, I mean, did their block. Yeah. My dad likes to ride his bike. Now he has an e-bike too, but he'll ride like 20, 25 miles on the e-bike and you know so he's definitely still exerting some cardio he's he's um you know he does you know handy work around the house he's he's always kind of he's he's mobile. moving he's a busybody yeah. in great. general i mean he you know when it gets hot he is in the house and <laughs> but you know in general uh so yeah i mean i think the dad's just keeping that movement and and that's why i think the people of that generation you know your grandmother's generation anyway they're always moving right yeah uh, they're always doing something right keeping them trying to survive and thrive all at the same time I mean, and that's the same too. I mean, we didn't get to touch on it too, too much, but if you are interested in living to a hundred or pe- the habits of people who do live to a hundred or beyond, uh, check out the blue zones. It's a really cool book. Well, it was initially an article, uh, by Daniel Butner. He was a national geographic journalist. And we saw, um, someone from his team come and speak at like my husband's holiday party a couple of years ago. It was fascinating. And, and I just keep following that idea, especially, um, because there are these zones of the, the world of the globe that tend to where people live longer. And I think there's six or seven of them. Uh, you know, one of them's out here in Loba Linda, California, Loba Linda, California, a large population of, of people. Uh, they're seven day Adventists and the, lifestyle and the habits that they choose cause them to have more people to live to a hundred than, you know, anywhere else in the world. Uh, there's also an Island in Greece, Ikaria, uh, same thing. There's an, you know, there's a town, I think it's Okinawa, Japan. There's several of these communities, seven of them, I think across the world and just, you know, learning and the habits of these people is fascinating and they encompass a lot of these things. And, and these people are not wealthy by any means, right? They've just moved their bodies they have social connections, right? They they keep those and they're important, right? A lot of times they're multi-generational people living in the same home, but, you know, being able to have the social connections and bonds keeps them alive longer. Um, you know, stress management, they don't overly, you know, I don't know that they're meditating, but they don't necessarily have all the demands that modern life, you know, here in the States often uh, gives to us, even in Loma Linda, they, you know, they're seven day Adventists. So one day of the week, they're not doing anything, right? They keep a Sabbath and they, um, uh, they keep a, a, a holy day and, and they don't do anything on that day. Um, you know, same with their food. They generally eat whole foods, um, you know, not from the store, but, you know, foods that are just, you know, from the Wrong, ground. Or- yeah from the earth. And um, yeah, and so 
in movement, right? Always just move. Even it's walking. They're not doing, you know, workout videos for 45 minutes in a car grease, but they're, you know, they're, they're moving their bodies. They're walking, they're gardening, they're, you know, they're farming or whatever it is, right? So some of these just, you know, really fundamental primary human activities that, you know, sometimes in modern society has gotten away from us. And so maybe that could be the reason we're seeing this cognitive decline potentially. So we're hoping that these, yeah, we're hoping that these things maybe inspire you to pick up one, have these habits, right. That might help you uh, to keep yourself sharp. Right. And that was, that's, that's really interesting. And we'll link, um, we'll link the articles uh, about the blue zones in our show notes. Um, But yeah, I think all of those pieces really touch on and really kind of pull in the six pieces that we were trying to, you know, discuss in our, you know, stay sharp plan. Um, And so, yeah, so to recap the stay sharp plan and how the midlife at the mailbox gals um, try to stay sharp is by meditating, um, by laughing often, by finding activities to keep you mentally sharp, uh, by drinking more water and for Amy, less alcohol for Denise. I don't know. Maybe she's drinking my alcohol, too. Just kidding. <laughs> um, and then like just strength training, making sure that you're moving your body um, because by moving your body all it, it's 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 fueling those endorphins and, you know, like like uh, Reese Wither- Withers, Wither- oh my God, Reese Witherspoon says exercise makes you happy and happy people don't kill their husbands. And that's a wrap on our episode this week. Thank you as always for being here. We will be back in two weeks for the season finale of what we hope will be another insightful episode of Midlife at the Mailbox. Plus, we will have a special guest that isn't us. In the meantime, if you want to chat with Denise or I about the podcast, our marketing and career coaching services, please, please connect with us, um, whether it's via social media or our websites. They're all linked um, within the show notes. And we're looking forward to awesome guests for season two, plus great coaching clients for our business. So, um, you know, let's help to kind of pull together all of our goals of what we were kind of setting out to do with our show. And um, yeah, keep keep listening. And if you like what you're hearing on Midlife at the Mailbox, please, please, as we're in our season two planning as well, scroll down on the podcast app and leave us a review. Let us know what's working and give us that five-star rating. Uh, share our show with a friend too, especially this one. You want your friend to live longer? Share it out. Um, so you guys could be laughing. <laughs> yeah, you guys could both be, uh, you know, in in your hundreds together, living in one of those blue zones, right? Um, we have so much fun producing and editing our show, as you can hear, and it keeps us sharp. So we want to make sure you're loving it too. So as always, check our show notes for any links, free downloads, and please join our community on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest, or LinkedIn at Midlife at the Mailbox. That's it, guys. We'll see you in a couple weeks. See you at the mailbox. See you at the mailbox. Bye.